Welcome to Weekend in Drama Land, the official podcast of It Started with a K Drama.com. We are Asian culture enthusiasts that are ready to share our passions with the world. Together, we enjoy a blend of dramas, print media, animated content, food, fashion, beauty, history, and more. As best friends in real life, it's only fitting that we get to share our love for crazy tropes, chocolate abs, killer OSTs, and so much more with all of you. So sit back, relax, close your eyes, and let us guide you through the world of all things Asian content. I'm your host, Andrea, and today's episode is actually going to be different because I am doing this alone, um, Tiff is not available for this podcast, so I just wanted to throw that in there and let you all know. I'm also not recording in our usual means. So I apologize if the audio is not as good as it usually is. So before we get started, I wanted to let you all know about an interesting offer. Liquidweb.com is a website hosting company that accommodates to everyday websites hosting needs. As we are a WordPress integrated website, this is a great opportunity for anyone who wants to host their site or multiple ones. Plans start out as inexpensive as $29 a month. If anyone out there is interested in utilizing their services, you can use this code ANDREA33, A-N-D-R-E-A-3-3, to get 33% off at checkout. Daybuck. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Sue, and today is KCON 2019 Part 2. Well, unfortunately, Tiff couldn't join us for this little piece, and we actually did do a lot of the work and research together. So I'm a little sad that we couldn't couldn't actually record this together. But anyway, I just wanted to go over uh, KCON New York specifically a little more, especially because concert tickets actually go on sale tomorrow. So it was, it was kind of a bit of a frenzy rush to try and get this out there. So I just sort of wanted to do a little bit of the latest on KCON. So we're all on the same page. So tomorrow, Wednesday, May 22nd, the concert portion of KCON go on sale. This is KCON New York. So keep that in mind that that will be the sole focus as Tiff and I are hoping that we'll attend. We're still sort of talking out like if we go to the concerts, which level can we really afford? But I'll get into that a little later. I don't want to dig too deep into that now. I just sort of wanted to go over some basics. So let's actually talk about the concert since those tickets are going on sale. So you'll probably want to know about them first. Now, if you haven't been following, KCONUSA.com is the official website for KCON. They also have a Facebook page. And every week there have been these two lovely ladies that have been sharing all kinds of cool tidbits on KCON, where it was revealing artists and just giving us general information on tickets and whatnot. So if you don't have the answer to your question in this podcast, I definitely say go KCONUSA.com or go to the Facebook page. Uh, It's just regular KCON. And if you look through some of the previous videos, there's some good resources to find information. But if you just want to do some reading and find out like basic information about the venues and rules and such, I would definitely go to the website 
because it, it breaks things down into categories. There's a nice little um, FAQ facts and questions section. It's a little harder to find. You have to scroll to the bottom of the KCON USA website, and there's a little FAQ link at the bottom of the page. That includes a ton of information from tickets to venue to rules and procedures, whether it's like filming, taking pictures, all kinds of questions. And I think it does a pretty good job of explaining them. So our first topic is going to be the concert nights. So in our previous KCOM podcast, Sif and I really didn't know too much about KCON. It was just kind of more of a what we've kind of heard through the grapevine or just come across through being on the internet. But we didn't actually know a whole lot. So I misspoke a little bit because the concerts are actually spread out over two nights. So they'll each be on a Saturday and a Sunday. So we're in July. So the first concert is going to be Saturday, July 7th. And we have AT's Everglow IZ1 newest, The Boys, and TXT. And as for Sunday, July 8th, we have 17, AB6, From Us 9, G Idol, SF9, and Very Very. So when I think of that, to me, I think very, very green artist. Of course, you may have heard of a few of them, like uh, newest and 17. They are not um, new groups. They've been around for quite a few years. I think newest has been around since 2012. So it's not complete like rookie green artist lineup. Of course, there are a lot from the smaller labels. You're not seeing any artist here from the major three. And I think a lot of the initial backlash was kind of negative as soon as all the artists were released. People are like, oh man, these are really rookie artists. And, you know, people are name dropping some big bands and, well, big idol groups. Not technically a band, but so people are dropping these big idol groups from the main three labels. And of course, unfortunately, we do not have any of them this round. I think I heard that the theme for New York this year was kind of more of a rookie theme, which that's not bad by any measure. Because when you think of the actual concerts, um, these rookie groups are getting like to perform two songs a piece. So it's not like you're getting to see a full-blown concert experience with one artist. And now, of course, the headliners each night will newest on Saturday and Sunday would be 17. Of course, they'll probably get like four or five, maybe six songs as a headliner, but still is a relatively short amount. So I know there was uh, definitely a lot of kind of issues with that, which when I think of it, so many of these artists, I myself do not know much about. Yeah, I've heard of Newest, I've heard of Seventeen, I've heard a, a little bit of, of TXT, but just mostly because they're coming from Big Hit, which has uh, fostered BTS. Um, I've also heard uh, some stuff about AT's, and they only, they only debuted, I think, in October of last year. So, like I said, a lot of these artists are, are pretty new. They might not even have all that many songs out. So concert-wise, if you're like a veteran 
K-popper, you may not necessarily find this year's KCON New York as a very exciting event. Now, I would say if you are a newer fan, maybe you don't have a, a particular biases and you just just want to just experience k-pop culture i definitely don't think it's a bad lineup to experience that um like i said i don't know much about these musics or these artists so please bear with me if i mispronounce any names so here's the thing since kcon 2019 here in new york so we know it's predominantly rookie groups so is that a good or bad thing i think it can depend you have the opportunity to discover a new group, to fall in love, and have a new bias. I mean, that's never a bad thing. But of course, so many people have been doubting this lineup, especially when they've been to previous K-Cons. And from what I understand, I think LA tends to have the better lineup overall with the artists they manage to get. But I've I've also heard that New York has had some pretty good artists. I know last year they had Stray Kids, although they were kind of, they were a rookie group at the time. They've definitely exploded a bit in the K-pop culture. So I think the other thing is the other major issue I'll say were ticket prices. People have said they've definitely gone up since last year, and to which I'll say, yeah, I definitely agree definitely notice the the price increase and maybe not necessarily happy with it but you know some things fall out of our control these are all artists that are coming from korea k-pop is becoming much more well known in the u.s so i think there's starting to become more of a demand for it especially when you have like bts breaking through the charts and having huge international fan base here in the u.s now personally i don't know a lot about bts i mean i've heard a couple songs but when it comes to k-pop i tend to stick to a couple of of groups and just get to know them and sometimes i'll branch out as i have time but i mean between k-dramas and all other Asian dramas that I watch and then real life stuff is kind of like I don't always have the time to really dedicate myself to finding new k-pop artists I know it's not necessarily a hard thing to do because it's a quick you know YouTube search or Google search away I mean but I also like to know more about like the artists individually especially when you have those bigger groups and trying to differentiating between voices because especially when you're not fluent in a foreign language like in korean now of course i know a fair bit of words but i would not even call myself conversational korean i just can out of conversation pick out words here and there and sort of kind of infer what's being said or what might be being said so that's another i know the the prices absolutely suck when i saw the prices of diamond and platinum forgive my language i'm not actually gonna say the word but i was like ready to crap bricks the diamond package is 1700 dollars for a combo ticket that's that's for both nights of the concert 
That is crazy to me. Absolutely. I know you get like all these special backstage events. You get, you know, like two high touches. You're super close to the stage. I mean, you have all these all access packages and special events that you can attend. I mean, you definitely get a lot, but I kind of think to myself, the average K-pop fan, definitely, I would say a lot are younger. A lot of you may just be in high school. Or you may be college students and you're not someone who has $1,700 to throw out for a concert. And that's just the concerts. That's not the convention ticket. That is not, it's just to me crazy, the price. I mean, yes, I mean, you're going to pay for the stuff. But for me, I think most of you who may be like teens or young adult, young adult college age, you're probably broke or if you work you have a part-time job and you really don't have that much money saved up i have been working full-time for years now and even with my savings i can't afford the diamond package i am sure there's people out there who can but it is it was kind of dismaying to see such a high price and i was really kind of expecting or or just kind of hoping that there would be at least more affordable options. But then I'm like, kind of, there's the good and bad in me weighing like the pros and cons. And I'm like, well, I can't forget that, you know, these are all artists coming to Korea, but they're also rookies, so I don't really know them. We're going to hear maybe two songs. Is it overall really worth it? Or would I want to save up my money? Maybe go to a concert just to see one artist and get the whole concert experience versus just like a little teaser or do i look at it from a bigger picture being wow i get to experience 12 k-pop artists over over two nights so there's definitely different ways to look at it and of course the platinum's not any better because a combo ticket for both nights is 900 dollars I'm like, okay, that's still not much better. Of course, it's it's better than 1700 in the diamond package, but platinum, uh, no way. It could be the most amazing band on the earth. But it's like, I work hard for my money, don't have a lot of extra money, and I'm sure some of you can relate. Be like, that is just, for me personally, that's not a smart way for me to spend my money. I could honestly spend it on probably more important things in my life yes we do like entertainment and we like to splurge on things but for me the diamond and platinum package are not possible i mean even if it's artists that i really loved and were like my bias and i would do anything to see i just i don't know if i'd be willing to to shell out that kind of money it would even take me quite a while to even be able to save that up because I don't want to clear out my savings and have nothing to fall back on. But I mean, that's just kind of financially responsible me kind of popping to the surface there. But of course, there are some more affordable packages, which I guess aren't too bad. Like there's P1, P2, and P3. Let's say, for instance, and like I said, P1, you're still kind of like close-ish to the stage. Like you're not in that big grand general admission front parts where the diamond and platinum are, but there's still like a little general admission section in P1 and then there's seating. Then P2's like further back and P3, you're going even further towards the back and like balcony areas. Now, of course, when I'm looking at the, at the prices, I'm thinking, this is Madison Square Garden. 
just think maybe you're not necessarily paying for the k-pop artist but maybe you're paying for the venue i've never been to madison square garden so i don't know how much the average artist cost i don't know what kind of deal kcon arranged with madison square garden but i mean for them being such a huge renowned venue I can imagine the pricing had to be on the steep side, so I can kind of see where some of the numbers came from, but then it it's still just, I think it's just like too much. Like I could go with some of these, but I think as much time and enjoyment as I would get out of it, then I'd end up being like stressed over money. But as I said, with the P1 package, just say, you know, I'm just, just going based on like two nights because there's probably maybe artists you might want to see from both nights, or maybe you'll just pick one or the other. Um, well, anyway, the single ticket is 190 and the combo ticket is 360 So I guess you're still pretty close to stage. I mean, that's okay, but I think two nights, 360 is still a lot. I'm like, I'm still wrestling with my feelings, knowing that tomorrow is this event and I'm going to buy tickets. What should I do? Go, do I go with the combo tickets or do I just go with the single tickets? I mean, they're not huge artists. Is it okay if I end up super far in the back that I have to watch from monitors? I mean, I don't know, but I don't necessarily want to shell out even that much money. But not saying, but of course, it would still be a good experience. So I mean, if you have the money and you're not going to regret it or you're not going to have issues where you end up being tight on money or, you know, going negative in your bank account, I think P1's sort of reasonable. Uh, I think P2 isn't bad. The single ticket is 140 and the combo ticket is 250 So all in all, not too bad. Sometimes you can, I think there's a lot of uh, bands you could see for one night in the U.S. that that probably don't cost that much, depending on if you can get it easily through Ticketmaster or the like, or if you end up getting ripped off by somebody on eBay and spend like $200 a ticket, because there are people out there who definitely do that. Now, P3, I think, is going to be like the safest bet for most of us who may not have a lot of money to spend. I mean, a single ticket is only 70 bucks. The combo ticket is 120 So just think, you're not like really crazy about any of the artists, but you want to see what they're about, but you don't need to have that front row experience. I think the combo ticket at 120 I think that's, that's a fantastic deal. And me personally... I wouldn't mind being all the way in the back somewhere watching from a monitor. I mean, I've done that for even some of my my favorite bands here in the U.S. Because, hey, if you want to see someone or you want to experience a concert, sometimes you have to get those crappy nosebleed seats. It's not always the best, but hey, maybe you'll meet some people around you, meet some new friends, hey share social media stuff and exchange numbers i mean who knows there's like so much more to the event than than just where you sit i mean yeah where you sit kind of determines what you can see and how you enjoy the event but i think for me personally i wouldn't be disappointed if i was that far in the back and i would still be okay with spending that amount of money because i'd still get to experience the whole the whole shebang the whole environment in entirety. That to me, that's 
not a bad thing. So, I don't know, I still keep going on the fence, but I think if I go with anything, I think I'm probably going to stick to to P3, because like I said, then the convention tickets themselves haven't gone on sale, so I do want to end up ordering those. And also, they have additional packages as well, so I'm like, well, maybe I'll just splurge on the, the daytime events, because that's really where I'm going to experience a more of the K-pop and Korean culture. Yeah, the concert experience is going to be a great event, but it's kind of just going to be one thing. Whereas at the daytime during the convention, there'll be different like workshops and kind of different events and foods and merchandise and all kinds of things to explore. And of course, definitely more easier to meet more people. So thank goodness the convention tickets are, what, $30.99 plus like a service fee? I think I'm, I'm okay. I'm perfectly okay with that. Knowing that this is the Jacob Javits Center, that's a huge, huge center. And it's been years since I've been there, but it's definitely been memorable. And I was going through some old pictures when like Tiff and I were at uh, Comic-Con. A while back, this was in the years of like um, Nikita, Vampire Diaries. Uh, I think The Walking Dead was just getting ready to premiere. It was actually the summer before it premiered, so that was that was quite a while ago. But that venue definitely left an impression. So I'm looking forward to the the convention as well as the concert. Of course, the the concerts like the added bonus and the icing on the cake because I just I love k-pop and it's like i unwind and i listen to it at work and i just have like so much fun with it now that we've talked about a little bit about the the tickets for the actual concert and i did just briefly talk about the convention tickets they also go on sale friday may 24th so i'm like thank goodness because there's like gonna be a lot hitting my bank account so at least the convention stayed reasonable and i think for the amount you're gonna be able to do Convention's definitely worth it. Like, hey, if you really don't want to shell out any of the money, even in P3 for the concerts, I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. If, if you can't afford it, you can't. I still think it would be fun to just experience even the convention itself. I mean, yeah, it sucks that like prices are going up, but then like supply and demand, K-pop's becoming bigger. They're at a bigger arena this year. There's Madison Square Garden. There's the Jacob Javits Center. There's who else knows what other things jacked up the prices. I mean, yeah, it sucks. And some people are going to feel ripped off and disappointed. And hey, your feelings are valid. I will not invalidate them or say that they're wrong or that you should stop being upset because you have absolutely every right to feel the way that you do. I think some of the prices, yes, are ridiculous. There's some things I'm willing to pay for the experience because sometimes I'd rather have the experience than just buying objects. So I think overall, that was the main thing that I just really wanted to hash over a bit, especially because remember, tickets go on sale tomorrow for the concert. So now's your last chance to get through, research the artists, maybe listen to a couple of their songs on YouTube or whatnot, go through your pros and cons, see, is it worth it? Do I want to buy the tickets? Is it in my budget? Are these 
artist, someone that I'll want to see. Because just think, even your favorite artist one time started as a rookie. I mean, they were all been there. And some may not have started big. Some may have built up their fan base and their reputation over the years. Because some bands just don't explode. Some take a few years till they really catch on. So that is, that is definitely my advice. I'm a little bummed that Tiff couldn't join us because we, we definitely would have debated this topic and made this podcast a little longer. But I've been so, so, so far behind this month. And this podcast is actually coming out very late and... I haven't posted much on, on the website, so I apologize for the schedule. A lot was going on in May, but I'm still working on things, and I'm still watching dramas. I've just been kind of saving up and trying to plan for the whole KCON thing and kind of being on the fence and ultimately not knowing really what I want to do. But I can't say it enough that, hey, just do your research before you get those tickets. The tickets go on sale tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So there is still plenty of time to go ahead and look into the artists, their songs, look into the packages, to the pricing. Do I want to go one day? Do I want to go two days? Where can I handle sitting? Because there is a seating chart and it does break on, um, I think it's on the KCON USA page. I think that it broke down the Mass and Square Garden by the like diamond platinum and your p1 through threes so you could sort of get a visual of where you might sit and another thing i want to add with any kind of concert that has any kind of buzz or any kind of hype tickets sell out super 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 duper fast i am not joking you could be there on that website 10 minutes ahead. You could be hitting the F5 to refresh the page a thousand times. And you may never even get a chance to get a ticket. And in a minute, everything could be gone. That is the thing with getting tickets. You really never know what you're going to get. Sometimes sometimes you have to settle for less than you want. So I would, I would definitely be prepared. Especially because you're always waiting in a queue in line. I know Ticketmaster isn't always my favorite venue of choices. I've definitely waited in a lot of queues and missed out on one of my favorite bands many times. And had to end up going to the aforementioned eBay to pay a bit of exorbitant prices on concert tickets. Which, hey, I was willing to do for the band. So, I mean, if there's something you're willing to do and... You have the money. I mean, you go, you do it. I won't, I won't tell you whether you should go to KCON in New York. Uh, I won't tell you that you shouldn't go. Like I said, I think everything really goes up to the individual person. For me, I just think it's exciting to have the opportunity for this, um, part of K-pop to be available in the U.S. Because who knows? Maybe, KCON may be a bigger event going forward. Maybe it's just going to be a launching pad for rookies and we'll start to have more larger K-pop artists get a lot of headlining solo tours in the U.S. I mean, hey, who knows? Anything is possible with, with the popularity of artists and like I said, with BTS crushing the charts. Listen, I don't even listen to BTS that much and it isn't anything negative at all. I just have a very specific taste and style. 
I think they're a very, very talented bunch, and I think they're super duper nice guys. I especially really like the Rat Monster RM, Kim Nam Jun. So I do. I think they're generally great group of guys. Just not my exact style of music. So I do listen. I do listen to their songs, but it's not like I have like a bias or I'm like a part of the fandom. But it's not like I hate them or anything. So when I name drop things, don't don't think I'm hating because I don't hate on any artist at all. I'm just saying I don't know much about them, but I know that when you think of like K-pop in the U.S., if most people have heard of an artist, a lot have heard of BTS. I mean, between being on like the Ellen Show, and then you have artists like Blackpink that were on like Good Morning America, I believe. I mean, there is presence, and it's been shown that they do have a market in the U.S. for K-pop, which it seems some more of the um some more of the labels are starting to pay attention to. So this could mean we have more opportunity for bands uh, from Korea to have more concerts in the U.S. I mean, I don't know how that could possibly affect anything. I don't follow K-pop enough to know all of the little the little facts or the insider information that you know some of you who have been involved may know. So I'm just just kind of going based on what. I think it might be possible, but I definitely think prepare for KCON to continue to get more expensive, especially as exposure to K-pop in the U.S. becomes more popular and more wanted. There's definitely the supply and demand thing, and people are just going to start charging money for things. It's sad, but it's true, <laughs> and it's, it's a sad reality of our world that, you know, when something is popular... It tends to be really expensive and not always attainable for everyone. I don't know. I'm just going to keep a, a close eye on on the future. I definitely want to do like more research for KCON for next year. I definitely want to try to go and experience it then. But of course, I would have to kind of start saving soon. Especially with seeing how crazy those uh, diamond and platinum packages were. I'm still weeping over here, guys. If you've made it this far, we must have done something right. Thank you for listening and supporting our podcast, which is hosted by Castos. If anyone has any suggestions for future segments or recommendations for other shows to watch, please feel free to leave us a comment on the blog at startedwithakdrama.com. If you have the time, please also take a moment to rate this podcast and leave us comments. We are available through Castos, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Until next time, bye